and we're back for episode number two, The Family Path. My name is Greg Bolowitz. I'm here with my wife, Jocelyn. What do you think about episode number one? What was the feedback? It was good. We had a lot of people who gave us a lot of good feedback. They did. They, they were very it. encouraging. All three of them. Yeah. But we love you. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in. It is great to encourage three families so so heavily. Hey, Jesus left the 99 for one. So even if it's for one. That is true. That is true. But with that said, honestly, though, if uh, if you enjoy this podcast, would you support us by just sharing it on sh social media or uh, reviewing it on whatever podcast platform that you're using uh, so the word gets spread out? Because we're really not going to put a lot of effort into into uh, trying to share this and to market it in any uh, such way. But we're going to rely on people, hopefully, that find it profitable uh, to share it. So if you would do that, uh, we would we would just love for you to do that. So yeah, what are we really talking about today? So we're going to talk about some prayer. Prayer. Okay. Yeah. What about prayer? Well, um, I think what we're going to dive into is really just a beginning of why we pray as Christians and why cultivating this rhythm of prayer in our family life is important. All right, the rhythm of prayer in our family. I think, I think we need to define family. Um, some of the people that were giving us feedback over the last week didn't necessarily have kids, and I think I think it is important to recognize that a family doesn't mean that you have children. A family is uh, when you leave your parents and come together as one body in uh, in, in marriage, uh, male and female. So. A family's that, but in our context, we are going to be heavy on the side of speaking into family discipleship with children. But I wanted to define family a little bit uh, because I think, I think that even if you don't have kids, this podcast you'll be able to glean some things from this podcast to help your context of family. So Was that just, just an opportunity for you to use the word glean? I or love just, the word glean. He does. He like. <laughs> The word glean. It's yeah. a biblical word. If you throw a plumb I, line out there, and we're just going to have to throw the quit, towel Stop in. giving all my telltale signs around. I like plumb line, too. I think plumb line is just, it's it says so much when you use the word plumb line. But you will be able to glean a lot. You just this. don't understand what the definition of glean or plumb line is. So we'll just we'll just end it at that. So let's, let's continue. How about that instead of making fun of me? Okay. <laughs> All right. So why did we choose this? Why did we choose to go here about prayer? Well, as Christians, what sets us apart from the rest of the world is that we love God. Um, more specifically, we live the way God desires us to live because of our love for him. Um, our obedience and Jesus calls us to follow the greatest command, which is to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, our mind and our soul. And so if we're going to live that out, this kind of love that Jesus is talking about is relational and all relationships really start with communication and they evolve out of communication or deepen, I guess, within communication and prayer is our avenue of communication with God. As Christians, all that God is doing in our lives, he's just working all things to mold us into the image of Jesus. So we want to start living more like Jesus and a lot less like our pre-Jesus selves. Well, Jesus prayed a lot. He went and got alone and he prayed. He prayed before and after he did miracles, um, before and after meals, things like that. We just see Jesus praying all the time. So we should pray because Jesus prayed. 
I think we you said it's it's relational. We have a very relational God, mm-hmm. and um, I I, lo- I step back and I look at Scripture and I say, if one person didn't need to pray, it would be Jesus. Right. Jesus, fully man, fully God, in perfect unity with the Father. He did not. He would be the one that didn't need to pray, but. We're going to see that's that's not the case. He he did pray, and he modeled prayer for us, as we're going to find out later throughout this podcast. So um, why does prayer necessarily matter for the Christian, then? We talked a little bit about relationship, but why else? What are some of the uh, other reasons that it matters for Christians to pray? Right. Well, I think first and foremost, prayer is something that glorifies God. I mean, Jesus said in John chapter 14 that whatever we ask, when we ask in the name of Jesus, it ultimately gives glory to God. And that also speaks to when we include other people in our prayers, maybe with specific prayer requests, we are even just adding more opportunity to glorify God. Um, And I think that's just something I think about because I don't think you and I are the greatest at doing that. Like we just tend to be more um, not sharing things as, yeah, we like to die alone. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) That's not what we're called to do as Christians. Um, and we realize that. And so I think that one of the areas that God has tried to stretch us is like to be more willing to ask for prayer requests. But Mm -hmm. the point is the more people you include in your prayer, the more glory God gets whenever he acts on a situation. So I think that that's just important. Um, to draw out. But of course, it's an act of worship. It's glorifying God, but it also is reinforcing our need for him. It's just us submitting to his authority. Yeah, I think that's even if we pause there for a second, when when you I think when people think about worship, American church has this idea that worship is just like you come in and you mm-hmm. worship and I'm making air quotes here, mm-hmm. worship through three songs and then hear a sermon. Like worship is so much more like worship is life. Right. It's responding to God's revelation. It's it's being relational with God. So I think the idea of worship, is, it includes prayer so much. Right. Especially when you look at Jesus's model for prayer, which we're not going to completely cover today, but he spends the first like half of his prayer just even worshiping more directly God and just the adoration and the praise and the thanksgiving that he pours out to him. Um but just getting back to why we pray is it's God's will for us that we would pray. In First Thessalonians, it says to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Like this is one place you're quite literally going to see if it's God's will, you obviously want to be doing that as a Christian. Um, and then also we can pray, which what an amazing thing. In Hebrews, it says that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that we can now approach the throne of grace with confidence and boldly approach the throne of grace. Yeah. So that's just amazing to think that because of what Jesus has done, he's taken down this barrier. We don't need to go to anyone else. We can now just come directly to God and speak to him. Jesus is our our great high priest, he's our mediator. Mm-hmm. And what what Jesus did for us, really, we have this conduit, and this conduit is Jesus Christ, that we get to approach the Holy Father. Mm-hmm. So you have, I mean, if you think about the nature of man and your Christian worldview of mankind and how it's totally depraved, uh, total depravity, fallen, sinful. So you have a sinful person that now has a conduit 
to a holy father, that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. like w- we have no right to have that access to God. Right. And as a Christian, with all that you know, how could you not approach this throne? Like, how would you not just want to just run there every chance you get? Right. Um, also, you know, prayer just helps us to focus on God, um, who God is, what he has done for us. And then, of course, like it aligns our hearts with God's will. We see this example when Jesus prays in the garden before he goes to the cross and he asks the Lord, please let this cup pass for me, um, but not my will, your will be done. So Jesus is the example of just showing where we take our will to God, but then we submit ourselves um, at the footstool of God and say, not my will, your mm-hmm. will be done. Yeah, and I think that's that's important to point out. In prayer, we can take our own will to God the Father. And just knowing that he's going to be, he's going to listen to our will mm-hmm. and to the things that we desire. Now, it's not saying that he's going to, he's going to answer those prayers because he, you know, we need to be praying for his will to be done just like Jesus did. But we have that availability and that we have that um, uh, uh, emotion within us to just cry out and to pour out in prayer to God the Father on things that we want and that are within our will, right or wrong, you know, mm-hmm. that we still have that access to do that. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I would just say the final thing is very obvious. There's power in prayer. We see that throughout Scripture from Abraham, Moses, you know, Hannah's prayer, Elijah praying for the rain, and just, um, you know, even throughout the New Testament where you just see the church just crying out to God to make good on the promises that he had made to them. Right. Yeah, let's look at a I'm going to read a couple um, passages from the New Testament because so you have you know, the disciples living with Jesus. Obviously, Jesus has modeled prayer, right? Like, it's a learned response. Like, they saw Jesus praying, and now prayer has infiltrated the early church. So if we look at Acts, Acts one fourteen, you know, the uh, after the ascension of Jesus, that's uh, it says this, uh, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So here we here again, we continually devoting themselves to prayer. This is a learned habit from their teacher, their rabbi, the, the person that they did life with over the past three years with Jesus. This is a learned response. Um, Acts 2.42 they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. So here again, early church. These were early converts now that were in Jerusalem. They're doing the same thing now. It's it's following. It's it's con- it's continuing down the timeline. And then Acts six four, it says, "But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word." So here again, you got the leaders, the apostles, like devoting themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Prayer is important. It's, it was learned and modeled by Jesus Christ himself. And the, the disciples picked up on this. I mean, I'm sure there was prayer life back in, in their Judaism days, mm-hmm. but now it was modeled to them through Jesus and living with him and learning his habits, seeing him go off into the distance to to seek God in his own personal prayer time, but also being taught uh, how to pray from Jesus himself. 
And um, we just see that. And these examples are just to show us that it Jesus is gone now and right. prayer exists and it's it's staying with the church. Yeah, the early church devoted themselves to prayer. And we know they did because we see these examples throughout Acts. But then you also see in 1 Thessalonians, Colossians, Ephesians, where Paul is continually saying, devote yourself to prayer, devote yourself to the scriptures, you know, um, always adding prayer into that. Well, if the early church is devoting themselves to prayer, we as the church today should be devoting ourselves to prayer. Right. And I think we can get discouraged because we think, okay, that sounds great. I have no idea how to do that. Um, I think it's encouraging when you read scripture that says, well, the disciples had the same problem in Matthew 6. They said to Jesus, hey, John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. Um, you think maybe you could do the same yeah. thing for us? You know, so just going on what you were saying, like Jesus actually did teach his disciples. Like he, he lived it and how they saw him continually go away because they had to go and they had to go find him when he would go to these desolate places. And we know they did that um, before he feeds the 5,000 is an example where they had to go find Jesus because he was in a desolate place. Um, but how then, about the garden of Gethsemane and they're right. falling asleep, praying. Right. Right. And Jesus <laughs> even scolds them. He's like, you're really like, good. Come on stay guys. Away. Like, like yeah. seriously, yeah. 10 minutes, stay right. awake, pray. Right. So oh. they, he obviously modeled this and then he also took the time to actually teach it to them. Right. So now, as we talk about the rhythms of prayer in family, um, what does, we got to ask ourselves, what does our prayer life look like? Right. I mean, you think Jesus obviously had a thriving relationship with God. We just talked about that. He had a solid prayer life. This enabled him to be able to teach his disciples. So in the same way, in our own homes, we have to have a solid prayer life before we can go and teach it to our kids. And I'm not telling you it has to be 100%, but you got to start somewhere before you can take it to someone else. And even if you don't have kids, if you're husband and wife, um, God's desire for the husband is to lead. And so you should start somewhere and then take it to your wife. And, and your wife obviously has the same responsibility, but it should start at the individual and then you bring it to the family Mm -hmm. forefront mm -hmm. yeah well jesus jesus is the great model that we need to follow um so that's what our our lives need to look like so right. first and foremost we as christian parents or as christian uh leaders of our family we need to model what jesus taught right and we need to model and and follow the example of uh paul and how he I mean, think about all the letters that Paul wrote, how he opens with prayer and right. sometimes prays within within the letters and, and tells people like, you've been on my heart for so long. I just yearn to be with you. And then asks them and for prayer. Yes. So we need, to be, we need to be prayerful Christians. Right. I think it goes back to exactly what you said. We, Jesus devoted himself to prayer. We need to devote ourselves to prayer. And then you need to vet out what does that actually look like? So I was just reading this article, and I think John Piper says it really well, where we can feel like, okay, if I devote myself to prayer, does that mean I'm just supposed to be praying all day long? And then we can start feeling like there's no way that like, I, I can like do a, this. There's like too much of a burden or a right. weight, and like we are never going to be able to right. do this. And then that puts you at this point where you're like, I don't even want to start. The, the way John Piper described this devotion to prayer is like a husband's devotion to his wife. A good husband who is devoted to his wife, he doesn't spend all of his time with her. He's not with her 24-7. But in all that he does in his life, he's devoting things to her 
even though he's not with her, all that he's doing, he's doing for her, like, and how he works and um, just how their life plays out day to day. He's right. caring for her and the, the other things he does, even yeah. when they're not physically I mean, together. if you, you, you think about uh, a husband and, and wife relationship, so there's there's time that's carved out of our schedule for dedicated time, mm-hmm. you know, to be together, to commune with one another, to communicate with one another. And then there's time that, you know, the spouses are apart and at work and doing life or raising children's or, or whatever it, be, it might be, but your, your mind's on them. You're thinking about them. You're uh, considering uh, how their day's going and what what's happening. Like you're not apart, but you're connected still. Right. So um, checking in on them, right. you know, those are, there's like spontaneous prayers. Like if we keep with the analogy, okay, there's dedicated prayers. There's time that you carve out with God that, that is good to do because I think with that analogy, sometimes we can just say, "Oh, my, my entire," we can fall in this trap. I mean, right. I can fall in this trap. I can say, "Oh, I have my every single day, every hour of my life, I'm I'm always thinking of God and just praying to Him." But that's great. Right. But I think there's also um, you need to have a a dedicated time to pray to Him and actually seek Him in His scriptures and pray through that. So we don't we don't want to fall in the trap to just kind of be him high and just say, oh, I'm always taking things to God. Right, just and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is obviously our great example. He had the perfect life that was devoted to prayer, and we see him going away to desolate places, sometimes even praying all night long. But we see he accomplished a lot of other things. He didn't just spend 24-7 in prayer all mm-hmm. the time. So he had this good balance that um, – that we obviously want to try to model. Yeah. And I think about his balance and I feel like it's unbalanced. <laughs> let me, and let me explain that. Like he had a whole day of ministry and then he like goes off and prays for another who knows how long. Right. And like, what do we do as like sinful humans? Like we had a rough day at work. What's the first things that we cut in our schedule? Yeah. Bible time, dedicated prayer time communication with God, relationship with God. These are the first things that get cut out of our schedule when we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we're full of anxiety. Like that's the thing we cut first. It just, right. it's but these are the things nature. that we need to go to war at making war on these things to try to say, you know what? Okay. If I want to sit down and scroll mindlessly, like I am going to take 10, 15 minutes to pray first. And ultimately what you're doing is creating this rhythm within yourself of spontaneous prayer, where you're cultivating a heart that has a genuine love and desire for God. And as you pour into that relationship, he's going to meet you there and pour into it. The more of these experiences you have, the more you'll get out of them, the more you'll desire to do them. It's just trying to break the cycle and start a new one. Yeah. It's, you're, you need to invest time into that relationship. Right. It's just any other relationship, a relationship with your children, relationship with your wife. You have to invest time into that relationship. And that's what it boils down to. And so there's investing time into the word, but there's also investing time with communication and, and praying and talking and building that relationship um, between you and God. So let's let's move the the conversation a little bit even further and let's get into the the nuts and bolts of rhythm of prayer in the family then. Mm-hmm. So how how do we model prayer in our family then? What would you say to that? Well, I would say first, why, you have to have a good motivation behind doing it cuz let me tell you, as a mom of 7, 
trying to cultivate a rhythm of prayer is really challenging because of the, just the distractions, the busyness, no one being able to sit still. It, you're going to have to fill yourself with a lot of fuel up behind why you're doing this because you're going to have moments. How many times are we praying as a family and you and I just look up and just stare at each other and we're just like, how are we going to get through this? How do we? <laughs> We're just looking at each other for encouragement. Like we got to keep going. And so I just want to start a little before that and say the purpose of this is because in all that we do as Christian parents, we want to win the hearts of our children for God. So in all that we're doing, we want to intentionally be building this foundation of God in their life. And so you need to have that solid footing, understanding, and then you need to nourish that in your mind throughout the day, um, all the time, so that you realize that the reason you're cultivating this family prayer life is because you are investing in building this relationship between them and God. And that really needs a lot of communication. It needs yeah. a lot of prayer. And I think even before we get into maybe the activity of modeling, just thinking about you're bringing, so first and foremost, you have to cultivate your own relationship with God. Right. But you are then bringing your children alongside of you into your relationship with God because they don't know they don't know him yet. Right. You know, if they don't know him as Lord and Savior or or not old enough to make that the connections or whatnot, or maybe you have a teenager that still hasn't made that connection. You're you're modeling it so that you can bring them beside you into your relationship with God the Father. And hopefully, and this is why we pray, right? Because we can disciple until we're blue in the faith, blue in the face. But if if God and this is the power of prayer. If God doesn't change their heart, mm -hmm. then then they're not, they're not going to accept that gospel. So we as believers who bring our kids beside us in our own relationship are praying for that heart transformation in our children. Right. So it's important to, to understand that. Yeah, their faith is always going to be our faith. And then we pray for the for God to bring the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do in that and ask him to call those dry bones alive and to breathe life into our children. But he very graciously has given us this time that they do want to mimic us and they do want to follow us. And we have this opportunity to bring them under this envelope of our faith and then to nourish that and then pray that God will grow it into their own faith. And it, I think time is against us, mm. right? Like in there's only so many years that your kids think you're cool and they want to hang out with you. And then they become, they start becoming their own person. So starting early mm -hmm. is the best, right? Because I think it's the e easiest, I guess I could, I don't know if I like that. Well, I definitely easy. think it's the easiest because they just transition to thinking that this is normal. I mean, Briggs at 10 months old, he sits for our family prayer time way better than some of our other kids because yeah. he's just, it's a learned yeah, behavior. It's a it's a learned response. Yeah, it's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, time is of the essence, is right. is I guess guess what I'm getting at. And don't waste our time that we have with our kids. I right. mean, we want to be bringing But them also to that look at this as something that God is going to work in this time with your family prayer life to knit your hearts together as a family. You, it, when you're praying to God and you're having these intimate relationships, because they're not always going to be like this, but you will have some. We've been praying with the kids for quite some time and just with seven different personalities sitting there, I can see that 
come to play. And what God will do in that is not just nourish his relationship with each individual, but then he'll knit the heart of the family together because you're doing something mm -hmm. together. You're praying together. It brings you closer together with him. All right, then let's talk about a couple of the activities. Yeah, so I think that modeling prayer has sort of two like categories, if you will. You would have to have your non-negotiables. These are your times that are fixed, that you're praying together every single day. And then you have your spontaneous prayer where um, it's going to sort of come and go on a whim. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for us, you, obviously you need to take a look at your family and, and see where this is going to fit in, you know. Um, for us, I would say we have three non-negotiable. These are our fixed times of prayer that we pray every day. And then we have many moments that the Lord graciously provides for spontaneous prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for spontaneous prayer, um, just for a couple examples, uh, when we stayed on vacation down in North Carolina, we stayed at a, a house that we loved. A lot of people probably hate it, but this it was- This had Greg Bulowitz <laughs> written all over yes, it. I like to save a dime. Yes, so. he does. <clears throat> uh, it, our house was right in front of a helicopter pad. <laughs> Life light. Yeah. Life light. And honestly, that whole vacation, anytime that somebody was brought in for Life Light, I mean, obviously there there is a serious issue that they're getting Life Lighted out. But we would just gather as family and pray for that person. We didn't right. know anything about it, but that's a, that's one of those moments of spontaneity. Right. Um, but we just, created them as a rhythm even over that week, you know? Right. That whole week we did that. That was a non-negotiable that week, right. really. If we mm -hmm. saw a plane and we could pray, we prayed. Um, spontaneous things like uh, the ambulance was on our street. We're going to, I'm going to bring the kids and say, Hey, look at that ambulance. Somebody really needs some prayer. So right. we prayed for him. Um, there was a, just a job interview uh, the, a coworker told me about like, Oh, they're going into it right, right now. And I was at home with the kids and we all prayed for it and he got the position. So yeah. I'm saying like, there's power in prayer here. <laughs> Should we talk about the time that you thought you were going to be a jujitsu? Is that how you say it fighter? Yeah. And you injured your arm? <laughs> I still am going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> right. As soon as my injuries recover. <laughs> but hey, it did provide ample opportunity to pray for healing. Um, so yeah, there's obviously spontaneous, prayer that happens. So what are the non-negotiables that we have then? So I would say we have three. Um, one, which would be a very easy place to start is mealtime. Um, we always pray at meals and we try to just thank God for the food that he put before us. Um, just a very simple prayer, depending upon which kid or us is praying and it can really turn into a 10 minute thing, um, which mm -hmm. we really have to say, okay, that's great. But you know, we, we really want to focus that time on thanking God for our food, the bread that he put before us, and, and that's sustaining just sustaining us for life today. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, our family prayer time is our big prayer time. That yeah, we have. That's when we're in the word together and we try to, and these are the things that we're trying to, to persuade our kids to pray in a certain way. Right. Um, <clears throat> not this is our get, deeper theological, right? Prayer we're time. reading scripture and then we try to get them to pray about what we've learned about that night in their right. prayers. And it, doesn't always work and sometimes the application points are over their heads but we try to boil it down and then try to just pray about something right yeah like the other night we have this deep theological talk I honestly can't even remember now what it was about but through Galatians and and you just went off on 
all this great stuff that we are like, these are all the things that you want to be praying for, how you're crucified with Christ and you're, you know, raised <laughs> up to new life. And we were just like, oh my goodness, the kids are so getting it. And like, what, just a couple minutes in, Knox starts praying that the neighbor would get this dog and the dog would get married and they would have puppies and <laughs> we would get one of the puppies. And we're just, this is one of those moments we look at each other and we're like, what happened? You know what? That's okay. We though. So you know what? They're, they're, <laughs> expressing themselves so we don't want to squash that either right you know that was his will at that point right and but that's what we're trying to tailor and get them to understand and, and pray through scripture in that time so that's definitely a time that we are trying to get them to focus on these are the truths about god this is the truth about man as a sinner this is what god has done for us what do we do in light of that ask god to work in that in your prayer time and then bring any other need want desire before him so um, that would be our bigger prayer time for the day. And then one that I think that you and I just recently started feeling convicted about for several reasons is to have a morning prayer. Uh, we homeschool, so this is a lot easier for, for us. Mm -hmm. um, but after dinner, to just get together. After breakfast. or Yeah, I'm sorry. After breakfast, um, just to get together and to have a minute where we pray. Maybe we go through, uh, we've been going through a prayer devotional. Um, but that prayer time we sort of try to focus on, okay, what do you need for the day? What are some things we've been struggling with through the day? Maybe behavioral things yeah, or whatever. Yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. what 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 happened yesterday that we can kind of pray. Right. As our daily help. bread yeah, over yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's just focus on asking God to step into this and, and to help us in this. Today. And this isn't something that like, so this is just something like as we were going through and preparing for this podcast, right? that we're like, man. This, we really need to, why aren't we, so we're starting our day with breakfast and, right. and we're praying through breakfast, right. but not for our day. So that's right. what we were convicted. So this is all a learning process. We don't have it figured out right. by any no. means. Right. And I think the more that you do it, the more God will reveal how it works in your family. And, and I, we didn't start here. This is not where we start. And I really want to hone in on that. Like this is nowhere near where we started when we got saved. Um, I remember not long after that, Greg was like, we should start praying together. I'm like, that sounds awful <laughs> because like <laughs> even in front of my husband, I was like, I, I don't want to do that. And he was like, no, when we lay in bed at night. We're just going to pray before. Yeah, we go to bed. Um, and I remember sitting there and not even hearing one word that he would pray about because the whole time in my head, I was just rehearsing like, what am I going to pray? What am I going to say? Please right. don't let me stumble on my words. And that was just in front of my husband. I couldn't even imagine getting to a point where I would be praying for someone else. So I'm just thinking, man, we can really change the course of that for our kids by cultivating this environment where they're praying all the time. Um, and like even you had said before, we, we pray with our kids at these three places, but one of the other things that we've made a point to do because we did not grow up in a family who prayed like this um, in seeking God relationally outside of just prayers that we memorized and prayed at right. mealtimes was we want to really help our kids to step out more boldly. And so we don't want... We don't want these habits to be weird. Like, so these right. habits are weird for us. Right. To cultivate, like, the, it was a cultivation of weirdness in our lives. Like, everything about Christianity was weird to us. Mm -hmm. And we don't want, we don't want that for our kids. So we're making it so, so part of our, our rhythms of life, uh, life that it's never, it should never be weird to them. Right. You know, to, to just pray when company's around, it's not weird. Right. To pray like so 
one of the things we implemented that totally like just totally weird to our families like we pray it at birthday parties for the food we pray for the kids like thank you god for another year of life that you've graciously given us with our with our uh, son or daughter but these are the things that are going to be normal to our kids and this is we talked about generational change in the last podcast like these are the things that change generations Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. They grow up with it. It's never weird. They all stand up and pray when companies here. It doesn't matter to them. It's right. it's they're forming that relationship. They're forming the habits. They're forming the rhythms. And that's what we want. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, as you're doing this, you're living the way God desires and you're following through on his command. And he asks us to pray to him. And at, when we're praying for him, this is how we're shining as a light for him, declaring his name to the nations, whoever that may be who sees us and might be thinking it's weird. Um but how much more when our kids are actually willing to do the same thing, do they testify to the name and the greatness and the glory of God and just mm-hmm. proclaim him as, as salt and light in that? So you can start really simple. When our kids have their cousins over, who they're obviously very comfortable with, um, you can make them very uncomfortable by asking them to pray. And it will be at first. But now our kids are just like, OK, I'll pray, I'll pray, I'll pray, you know. Um, yeah, they don't even care now. And if uh, I mean, I do it as an adult. And I make probably a lot of people you feel do. uncomfortable. Yeah. A lot of people do feel <laughs> Your uncomfortable. cousin will give testimony to yeah. that. And I think it's I think it's from, you know, some of the mentors that I had. Like it was just like, no, you're you're praying. Like right. you're praying this round. And like it just The sooner you rip I, the band aid off. I, that's the what I mean. And and I know that there's so many different personality types that I just stress out and I cause huge anxieties. And mm-hmm. I I know that, but I I push through that because I know just being released from that fear and praying as a Christian is just so good. Oh, it is. Yeah. Like you're not, you don't feel any pressure at all. Once you get past that barrier, that's what people did for me. And I try to do it for other people. (laughs) Sometimes they love it. Sometimes they hate me and they will, they'll, they'll they'll avoid my groups because they know I'm going to ask, everybody to pray right but once you get out of that comfort uh out of that uncomfortableness i will you'll say like people pushing me to do that yeah it, it made it a lot easier to do it and you really just have to rip it off um i i feel like basically just honing this all in like places to start obviously you want to start building your own prayer life with god so like that's where you want to start cultivating that relationship and how you pray how your spouse or your kids are seeing you pray mm-hmm. because that sets a foundation of how important you actually think it is. Uh, most of the time, your kids will try to get out of it if they don't see you doing it on your own because they're going to realize that eh, you probably don't really care about this that much. But then I would say if you're not praying as a family outside of just meals or if you're not praying at all, I would say meals are a great place to start. Yeah, Bed- start small. Yeah, bedtime is another great place to start. Um, start a family worship time. If you don't do that, where you open the Bible, because that will be a very easy way for your kids to be like, all right, I associate the Bible with prayer. Like that probably wouldn't be as weird to them as just Mm -hmm. sitting in a circle and praying, which is what we do. Yeah, I think anything, just start small. Right. And even more important than starting small. So you you start like anytime we sit at the dinner table, like whoever's night it is. You know, if you got three people in your family, four people in your family or husband and wife mm-hmm. every other day, rotate like, OK, then we're going to have a little prayer schedule every time we sit down at this table. We're going to start by giving thanks. Um, but the the what we what you need to do is just stay consistent. Yeah. 
because consistency will build the habit and the habit will turn into just second second nature to them and it won't be weird for them. So I would say my, my encouragement would be start small. If you're not doing anything, start small, stay consistent and let your kids see it and push through those barriers of weirdness. Right. And nourish, I just can't say that enough, nourish your own prayer life because your prayer life will become your kids. Even when they don't know what they're praying for, they don't believe it or whatnot, you just saturate it with the truths of the go- of God and, and the gospel because your kids are just inherently going to start, well, I remember she said this, this, and this, and they're going to try to please you in that, but really it, it is a chance to store that up and just, just train them and how to pray, you know? Right. Well, out of this, out of our research and out of talking about this over the past week, we've determined there's so much more to prayer that we want to talk about. Um, uh, so we're thinking at least a couple more couple more episodes yeah. on prayer, how to pray, some foundational things. Yeah, look so at, if you look feel at some like more you, scripture. you needed more from that, we have a lot more coming. Yeah, we'll have some more direction and maybe some more help and, and tips as this kind of is more about a generalization and of rhythms in, in our family and, and some encouragement. So... Uh, we appreciate you checking us out. And if you would follow us, if you would subscribe, like us, whatever you got to do on whatever social media platform that you're on, we would appreciate that. If you would give us a review on whatever platform you're on, specifically in the podcast world, that helps whatever algorithms Zuckerberg has figured out <laughs> that, <laughs> that bumps these podcasts up to the top. Uh, we just need your help to share it. So if you find it encouraging and helpful, please do that. And until next time, God bless.